Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah! I hope no bad people show up. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy! Four, five, six. B-I-G! When we think of a name that people trust, only one comes to mind. A man who taught us about the world. The man who picks us up on our worst days and cheers us on our best. The man we rely on. Joe Millionaire. Kevin, I'm really going to need you to try a little harder. Okay, buddy? I don't know what the hell's going on in the most wonderful way. That's the business we call show. And now, I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but she's not messing with... Who isn't she messing with? Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It is Tuesday morning, the 7th of August. Hey, Allie. Hey, Bean. Hey, Kevin. Hey. Hey, Muggs. Hi. What's up? What do you think, what do you think about our new, uh, our new strategy of starting the morning with the Evanescence song, and then people are so grateful when our show begins? <laughs> I like it. I think it's a good, good policy. People are just on the edge of their seats going, come on, this song's got in, this song's got in. Oh, thank God it's Kevin and Bean. It makes us look like heroes. We're not doing anything different, but compared to what they were listening to, all of a sudden, we sound great. <laughs> so that's our, uh, our new strategy. All right, I like it. Oh, no. You've got to be kidding me. What are you guys talking about? We just heard your fire alarm chirp. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. No, I don't, I don't hear those anymore. You, <laughs> you Tell me uh, you're playing that. I don't hear those anymore. Tell I, me that's not just happening. It's super quiet in here. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, dear. So, here, so, so yesterday, <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it, Ellie. You don't have to worry. It's okay. on the other side of the house. But so yesterday, <laughs> I told you, it's been 28 hours now that the thing's been uh, chirping. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of a lot of email from people and tweets and the whole deal about things to try. And I tried all those things, and it's um, it's not the it's not the battery, and it's not the reset, and it's not. I did turn the power off to the whole house to try to reset it that way, mm-hmm. and it's not the CO two detector. A lot of people said that's the problem. Now there are two other possibilities that are going on with my uh, smoke detector. One is oh, it's annoying to you. How do you think it feels for me? <laughs> Twenty eight hours in. <laughs> One is that the unit is failing. Mm-hmm. That it just ne- the whole thing needs to be replaced, needs to be pulled out of the wall, and a new unit needs to be hardwired in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to. I don't know. I mean, I don't know any way to test that theory except to to have somebody do it. 
I mean, you'll get to the point where it's driving you so crazy, maybe that's what you'll try. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, and I just found this this morning when I went a little deeper into the YouTube tutorials, is that it's possible that there's just some um, some dust in the smoke detector. Mm-hmm. And I need to get myself a can of that compressed air right. and just kind of blow it out. Because, uh, you know, we've all had the, the smoke detectors go off when you're cooking or something like that. Sure. And sometimes you can't even see anything, but there's something coming up that gets in front of the sensor. Sure. So maybe it's just like a dust situation, perhaps? And maybe if I blow that out, maybe that'll solve the problem? Seems like that's a little too simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would buy that. Is it in your kitchen? No. Mm. It's upstairs. uh, You know, I'm in a double shotgun, if you know what that is. And it's upstairs on the opposite side of the house from where I am right now. I can hear it, by the way, the entire time we're on the air. But it's just far enough away that you guys can't. So that's why I wanted to... You know, bring it in for mm. you so that you could enjoy Thank the experience as well. 28 hours, though, you're saying. 28 hours has been going on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you know what I would have done? I would have shut off the power to my house, got mm-hmm. on a ladder, cut those wires, good night for a bit, and then called an electrician to come at some point. And just pull, you, you just would have pulled it out of the wall and, and planned on replacing it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I would have done is turned off the power uh-huh. and then moved. Oh, okay. <laughs> Buy a different house. Right. Well, that was Kevin's advice yesterday. It, it looks was. like I'm going to have to sell the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't come back from this. Do you have to tell the new owners that this is happening? Is well, this something if, you have to declare, write it I, down or something? I feel like if they if they have a walkthrough, right. I, feel like, I feel like they'll hear it. They're going to go, nope, nope, not doing this. <laughs> can't buy the house. Sorry. <laughs> It really is. It's like living in the Evanescence song. You know what I mean? It's like 28 hours of the Evanescence song. You just, you, you, I mean, dream. it's worse than that. Because, oh my God. You dream that noise. about the minute that it ends. <laughs> it's really been. That's cute that you think there's a minute it's going to end. Yeah, like it just <laughs> runs out of steam. Okay, he's had you it. You know what? Tired of torturing him. <laughs> <laughs> It would be nice if it had some sort of, some sort of brain in there where it thought, okay, we proved our point now. Mm. We win. Nope, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Mm-mm. All right. Um, do we have time for a thing, or did I waste all sure. the time? Sing it up. Seriously, do we have time for a thing? Yes. Okay. Does he not have the same clocks as we do? He, he does. Because he that all the time. He I does, just, and I, then I say yes, and he's like, seriously. Yeah. Like, no, I was joking. I just, I just want to make sure I'm not eating up everybody's time. Well, unfortunately, now we have. So Okay. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys caught on to um, the, um, the f- new food that is sweeping the nation? And it's not without controversy. Called the Dragon's Breath Dessert. No, oh, not. You heard about this? The it's Dragon's got the word Dessert. Breath oh dessert. yeah, I'm in. Oh, Muggs, you've heard of it? Yeah, it's that uh, uh, nitrogen frozen like like corn pops or something. That's exactly what it is. It's usually cereal, but it can also be marshmallows, even popcorn. And it is a new sensation that's been around for about a year or so. And it's exactly what it is. They give you a bowl like filled with cereal, for instance, some sort of frosty snack. And then it is infused with liquid nitrogen. Which is the best. Liquid nitrogen rules. Now, tell me why you say that. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Because it's 273 degrees below zero or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you put stuff, not that I've done it, but I had a gigantic five, someone had a five gigantic <laughs> five-gallon tub of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you would put like, even like wine, you would pour wine in mm-hmm. and it would freeze instantly and you could pour right. out. Yes, it's amazing. Does it sound like I just had a banana split in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. where they use liquid nitrogen? Okay. And I wanted the rest of it, and the guy wouldn't give it to me. (laughs) Does it seem like liquid nitrogen, knowing how cold it is and knowing it's what they use to freeze, uh, you know, warts off your body, does it seem like it's the type of thing you ought to put in your mouth, though? 
I mean, not technically. You don't put that in your mouth technically, do you? That's what this dessert is. That's what the dragon's breath is. The concept is that once you put the food in your mouth, you use a skewer so that you don't touch it. Once you put the food in your mouth, it condenses the moisture and it looks like you are, a, you know, a dragon breathing, you know, smoke out of your mouth. So the kids oh. love it because they've got all this smoke coming out of their mouth while they're while they're eating. It's a novelty dessert with, you know, fruity cereal soaked in liquid nitrogen. And it sounds fun, except all these people are getting hurt now. Um, one girl in Florida <laughs> suffered, hurt, a, man. suffered a naturally it was in Florida suffered a chemical burn. She had a dragon's breath at the Pensacola Interstate Fair. She was taken to the emergency room with a burn to her thumb. She would have lost her thumb had her grandmother not gotten her to the ER fast. Yeah, they cut it open, cut away the dead skin, got the infection out because that liquid nitrogen will give you frostbite if it touches you, and people are putting it in their mouth. Yeah, you don't have to touch it for any amount of time. Just just touch. Just touch, a, yeah. A second. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. It's the best. Another kid, it brought on an asthma attack. He had he had he has a mild case of asthma and he ended up being in the hospital as a result of an asthma attack. He he could have died had he not gotten to the hospital in time. They had to do that emergency thing where they uh whatever it is, they they put on you to bring your breath back or whatever. <laughs> but Probably not the best description. What's no, that called, Allie? You sounded you know. like a doctor. He needs to be a doctor, <laughs> yeah. so that's how he has all of that information right at his fingertips. That thing that they put in kids that have asthma attacks that bring... Oh, it's the epinephrine? Is that the what it's called? epinephrine? Oh, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so those are just two examples, but there are dozens and dozens more of... I mean, you can't give kids something that looks cool like this in a bowl and mm -hmm. tell them not to touch it. Or, you know, this is... It's a, it's a complicated and dangerous food. Yeah, it's incredibly dumb. Incredibly dumb, yeah. But somehow it's become a thing and it's spread all over the country and people are like, oh, that's fun. Let's try that. So I guess what I'm saying is don't. I'm saying stay away from putting liquid nitrogen okay. in your I mouth. I mean, that's pretty good advice. Uh -huh. Yeah. Pretty good so advice. So anyway, so now that you've heard about it, Kevin, you need to go I, find oh it, Oh, right? my God. Liquid <laughs> nitrogen is so fun for my friend. Do you, uh, do you just order it off Amazon and sure. just, have a, just have a day with it? Uh, we did have a day with it. Yeah, it was a five-gallon container. And mm -hmm. we were put, first we were putting in fruit, and then we put in wine, and we put in, like, soda and different mm -hmm. kinds of foods. Then we found, like, a tennis ball. We were looking around just for anything that we a could shoe. find. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just so, because it freezes instantly. It's awesome. Right. Well, I mean, my need, friend did all that. Your friend. Yeah, your dumb friend. You need to uh, do a little Google search for Dragon's Breath Dessert and see if somebody in Southern California is still selling it and get it while you can. Oh, they're still selling it. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we? Beat a kid. <laughs> Animal stories. Got a uh, brand new sesh of that. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, George Christie in studio. Called uh, He's doing a one-man show called Outlaw. He was the president of Hell's Angels in Ventura for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that? Mm -hmm. Insanity. So, can't wait for that. Boy, does Muggs hate this dude. I never yeah, said Yeah, Muggs that. kept saying, like, oh, oh, you thought jail was tough. Let's do this. No. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Muggs, don't say gonna, that. Muggs is going to show him what's for today when he comes in. Yeah. Uh, the dumbest thing you be believed as a kid we're going to talk about, because we all have that. And uh, we're going to talk to Mike Shinovit as well about his tour in Southern California. <laughs> and we're going to try and fix that. We'll be right back with what's happening next. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Bright and early on a Tuesday morning. Time for a first look at what's happening. Here's Allie. Seems like every day there's new movie pass news. Yes. All right, we're raising prices. Okay, you're now only able to see this many movies a month. Okay, we're not raising prices, but you're going to see fewer movies. And one thing after another. 
Maybe they like the the one where they said you have to wait like two weeks to see the blockbusters. Right. It's like they didn't think this through at all. At all. And they <laughs> just kept putting out releases, and then they're like, "Wait, our stocks are tumbling." And then they put out another release, and they're like, "They're tumbling more." Maybe chill out, figure it out, and put out a release about what you're going to do. Sure. Here's the latest. MoviePass announced yesterday it would keep their prices at $9.95 per month rather than raising them to $14.95 as planned just a week ago. But they are... everybody probably went to cancel when they started oh, raising the price, I imagine. Absolutely. But here's the difference now. They're going to transition to a new plan allowing people to see up to three movies a month for that $9.95 and then up to a $5 discount for any additional movie tickets. I've never seen I've never seen a product change more as it goes. It's uh, okay, I feel listen. like in a few days they're just going to be like just kidding we're folding. <laughs> we're done. Bye. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely cuckoo. Yeah, it's crazy. Let me uh, d- a dumb uh, question for you guys. I know very little about uh, movie pass, but um, how do they make money? Just by subscriptions, I assume. But who's Paying them, you know? Do they have a deal Who's with paying them theaters or something where they get something from them as well? Don't know if they have a deal with movie theaters, but people are you think paying they make them. Enough, you think they make enough just on subscriptions or enough people who signed up for this to make it a, a valid business? I mean, because, I don't know. It doesn't seem because, like it's a valid business because they change every day. Yeah. But someone has to buy those movie tickets and pay the theaters is what I'm saying. If they're right. letting you get in for free, essentially, several times a month, who's paying the movie theaters, I guess, for that ticket that they're not selling? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Mm. Don't know. Big movie. <laughs> Deep, open up a blog. Deep state big movie. Right. Good question. Right. Ugh. Uh, I'd rather you Google it. Okay. That's a, that's a fair All point, right. too. Um, we've often <laughs> discussed on here how much it must suck if you're in a band, and especially a lead singer, and you're feeling like crap. Yeah. And you've got to go on that stage and do everything you can for people to think, well, I'm glad I just spent my hard-earned dollar on that. Imagine being Dan Reynolds, Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. front, uh, front man. So he had a concert in Houston on Saturday, and it ended up being quite the unique experience for fans. According to the Houston Chronicle, he was unable to sing due to some sort of illness, so he asked the fans to sing for him. And then in between the songs, Reynolds would then explain the stories behind each track. So almost like a, like a story time situation with the audience singing. Uh-huh. He wound up tweeting, Houston, I'm so sorry for tonight. I thought I could sing through the sickness, but I could not, and you sang for me. Thank you with all my heart. He then went to a doctor in New Orleans who told him that one of his vocal cords wasn't moving for oh. an unknown reason. Oh, no. And Reynolds said, I literally thought my career was over. The doctor said it could be stress-related, but didn't know. There was no reason for that vocal cord just to be, I guess, in a sense, paralyzed, sort of paralyzed right? paralyzed, yeah. Nevertheless, Reynolds decided to give that New Orleans show a go and was greeted with a very welcome surprise. His vocal cord vibrated, and he said, I could sing again, and I feel so happy I could cry forever. <laughs> but if you were in New Orleans, and they hadn't canceled that show, and he knew he couldn't sing, and got up there, and he's like, yep, still can't. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, mother, humper, <laughs> come on, man. That is, uh, that's an emotional journey for Dan Reynolds over uh, yeah. the course of a couple of days. In, in two days to think, I might never sing again. 
Yeah, that's that's crazy. We've seen we've seen a lot of singers who have had that vocal problem. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes they just have to take you know months off or something like that, or they have to go through extensive therapy to try to get it back. It's yeah, it's super scary if that's how you make your living. Absolutely. Remember, Adele had to cancel her last two shows of her tour, her big Wembley mm-hmm. Welcome mm-hmm. Home shows, and she was just heartbroken. Yeah. So was a girl that traveled to London for it. <laughs> Just saying. It's just not. Sounds pretty specific. It's not real great. Mm-hmm. But that's a woman for you. That's a woman for you. Amen. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got some news for Omar coming up. Um, Rachel Ray could be facing a big lawsuit. So oh, I know he'll want to. From Omar? Somehow get in on that as well. And some news about. Uh, you got to be real careful on social media. Mm-hmm. We know this. You can't post anything that could be deemed racist, homophobic, sexist, anything like that. Now, don't post about your trip with your kids to the aquarium. I'll tell you about who's Mm. in hot water for that. It's insanity, Mm. guys. It's insane. Some birthdays for you. Michael Shannon, right? Right. How great is he? Right. (sighs) (sighs) Right? Tobin Bell from Saw. You got anything? Tobin Bell? Uh, no. Saw? Nothing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mugs did a big old like that, and there's dust Why you everywhere. Well, everybody was breathing sighs of relief. Yes, but look at everything in there's here now. There's dust everywhere. It looks like were... it's snowing in here. I didn't know there was 10 years worth of dust oh, on no. top of this console. Okay. Why that didn't you blow disgusting. on top of the console? I didn't need to. It was just that direction. What the? <laughs> oh, this place is so gross. Wow. wow. Just uh. pure asbestos right there coming right, right into our lungs. <laughs> right. Nice work. Can you give us a little Tobin Bell, though? A little saw? You want to play a game? I mean. Thank you. Worth it. Thank you, everybody. Worth it. Thank you. Thank now you. could I hear Alf as the guy from Saw? Hear <laughs> it. You want to play a game, Willie? Yeah! There it is, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for your consideration. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, oh, happy birthday, David Duchovny and Mike Trout of your Los Angeles... Angels of Anaheim. No, That's they're right. in Anaheim. It's close enough. Orange <laughs> County is yeah. good. He's great. Happy birthday. That's what's happening. K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. All right, you guys ready for some animal stories? Maybe a raccoon or a story about a dog. Maybe a baboon or a story about a frog. A story about a cat or a pizza rat. A story about a minx or a story about a lynx. To cure your blues Animal stories Just for you Let's find out What they're up to There's some good animal stories In the news today Here's one I've never seen before I'm going to let you guys guess You have seen posters around town From people trying to find their cat They have a missing cat You see a little picture up Sometimes you even see posters Of people who are trying to sell a cat but it's not often you see posters from people asking to borrow a cat. Borrow. Why do you suppose this Oklahoma nurse put this sign up around town and also went online to advertise that wanted to borrow an orange cat? She wants to borrow an orange cat. Why do you suppose? Huh. She wants it for 24 to 48 hours. Maybe she has a patient that loves cats and she wants to try and cheer oh, that's her nice. up. That's nice. That is nice. Why would it why would it be an orange cat specifically though if you love cats? 
I, I think that she loves Garfield. Allie, you are correct. She <laughs> wants to have a lasagna dinner with Garfield for wow. her four-year-old and two-year-old children <laughs> oh, who sure. are obsessed no. with the Garfield. Yeah, no, she has kids. Right. Uh-huh. She has kids. Yeah, of they, course she does. They love Garfield. They love Garfield. I see. They probably saw, they're four and two, but maybe they saw the little movie that the Jimmy Kimmel did a voice for, the Garfield movie with Bill Murray. Maybe sure. they saw that and they love Garfield. Right. We'll return Cat happy and cared for. Cat will not be required to eat lasagna. <laughs> please, no feral cats. And please take your cat back at the end. I am not looking to adopt. Thank you. What a She's weird the- thing to... Isn't it? Advertise. And she she signed it, an increasingly desperate but not crazy mom of two Mm. with no friends that own orange cats. (laughs) By the way, the update is she found her cat. She's picking it up uh, in time for the party this weekend. Kids in air quotes. Why do you think she doesn't have kids? That's a perfectly reasonable explanation. She sounds crazy. She's crazy and just wants to have a lasagna party and hang out with an orange cat. Whoa, this just turned very dark. I'm sure you guys saw this story, but if you didn't, please look for the photos online. It is so adorable. From last Friday morning, 118 goats descended upon a neighborhood in Boise. You saw the pictures, right, Allie? <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. It was that's so, the, that's it the was, best. It was so, it was a, it's the Palooza they're calling it, and they just fanned out over this entire street, and some people weren't very pleased about it because, you know what goats do, is they just start eating everything. Trees, grass, plants, branches, everything. Uh, they had escaped from the other side of a fence. There's a big field on the other side of this neighborhood, and they had been dropped off there by a company that rents goats. In fact, the company is called We Rent Goats, and it's very common. A lot they of do... rental cats and goats. And... <laughs> right to I the know. point, though. We rent goats. <laughs> Nobody you don't ever have to guess no... what they do. <laughs> Nobody ever called them and said, I'm unclear what your business is. <laughs> so this is very common, and as a man who used to have goats, by the way, I can tell you that they can decimate a lawn in no time. Mm-hmm. But these guys got out of a fence and just invaded this neighborhood. They uh, Somebody called animal control and they realized they didn't have nearly enough trucks to come out and, and, and you know, get all these goats rounded up. So eventually the business came back and said, oh, I guess our goats got out. And they were able to round them up and take them away. They are bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But pe- people were just, in general, it was just so exciting to see 118 goats on your street. Nobody expects that. All right, here's one where a lady got bit. I think you'll be surprised by this one, though. Her name is Gil McMahon. She's reading a newspaper in her kitchen in Essex in Britain. The French doors are open, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she feels a terrible pain. She looks down and finds what animal clamped to her finger that she then had to shake loose as it bit her foot as well. What? What animal walked into her kitchen and <sighs> bit her while she, the 77-year-old lady was reading the newspaper? A squirrel? Gotta be a raccoon. Uh, both reasonable guesses. This time around, though, it was a fox. <gasps> fox. It was a fox. She said, I stood up, I was screaming, I was trying to shake it off my hand, but it was holding on. I was looking at its beady eyes and its sharp teeth. When it eventually did let go, I was able to shoo it outside. She went to the emergency room and she got a splinter. My favorite part of the whole story is she now needs to go see a specialist as an x-ray showed either a splinter of bone or it might be a bit of the fox's tooth left in her finger. What did the fox say? Oh! I don't think it did. (laughs) See, because 
Foxes are all over the place in Britain right now. They're a little bit like teenage hooligans, says Animal Control, and they're very curious. But it is very rare to get bit by a fox, apparently. And uh, do we have time for one more? Sure. sure. We do. Finally, uh, two suspects have been detained after reportedly attempting to use a cat to smuggle drugs into prison. Mm. Look, I into hate cats, prison. but don't do that. Don't yeah. do that, right? No. Apparently, this cat lived in the prison yard for a long time. He was kind of a prison cat. But somehow, an inmate who was being released talked the prison into letting him take the cat home to be his cat. He did take the cat home, and then he put a special collar on the cat with seven grams of hashish and amphetamines around the cat's in the cat's collar, mm-hmm. okay, and then went back to the prison and let it in through the fence. I guess he was like selling drugs or something to somebody on the inside. He's like, all right, just look for the cat, and the cat will have the drugs that you're paying me for. I'm so happy though; it was just in a collar. Yeah, same. Right? I, I did not picture that. Totally as the thought the area. Hole. Oh yeah. Yeah, total drugs in the bee hole, like yeah. we haven't right in right. Russia. You picture that cat going back in there, and then somebody just has to just hang on to it and wait for it to poop out the drugs. Fortunately, that was not the case. Uh, Amphetamines and synthetic marijuana were also sieged in one of the suspect's apartments, so they were able to track the cat to the inmate that took him down, which is kind of dumb because everybody knew he had taken the cat, so the cat shows up and they know it's from him. So he faces up to 10 years in prison on drug possession charges. And these have been Animal Stories. Animal Stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K R O Q. We do have an Afro line 323 24 hours a day. You can leave us a message on any topic. Um, this next woman that I'm going to bring to you left 23 messages. No. 23. Why? She will explain. Okay. I'm only going to play two of them for you now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she's very, very keen on getting Allie's help. She needs Allie's oh, help. no. So here we go. Oh, so hey, guys. This is for Allie, actually. I needed some girl advice. I actually should be quiet because I got this guy that came home from the bar with me. And it is 11 o'clock in the morning now. He slept over. It's 11 in the morning. And he won't leave. And you know what he said to me this morning? I tried to wake him up, and he goes, Your bed's so comfy. Where did it come from? And I go, I didn't know the bed store. And he's like, I can't get out of it. I'm like, well, you should because it's uh, early and get just, I mean, I don't know how to be mean. So I just walked out of the room into my living room and just let him stay there. And he's still there. And I don't know how to get rid of him. I made a pot of coffee because I thought maybe the smell of coffee smells really good to people in the morning. Would wake them up. I mean, we've all seen the commercials. Right, sure. sure. <laughs> she got the dude, brought him home from the bar. It's 11 a.m. He will not get out of bed. But uh, I know she asked for Allie's advice, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she doesn't care what I think. But right. she has no relationship with this guy. She right. didn't know him 12 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about hurting his feelings. Right. You, go, you shake him and you go, hey, dude, I've got other things to do with my day today. I need you to leave. Boom. Am I right, Allie? Uh, you'd be right if she's known him for 10 years. Yeah. Either okay. way, that's yeah, the answer. Either way, okay. that's the answer. Well, where it. were you when Beat she it, needed kid. a callback? Beat it, kid. <laughs> we're both Beat it, kid. Please, <laughs> still in there. Uh, I mean, I need girl help. Ellie, please. Let's see what happens. Uh, this sucks. So she needs girl help. Uh huh. By the way, um, 
I'm not 100% sure how the Afro line works, but we're not monitoring it in real time to call people back, are we? We're not Uh so much. So if people say, hey, call us back, we don't really get that message to call you back. Right. But she did call 23 times, and every single time she asked us to call back. (laughs) Do you think he's still there? However, having said that right now, probably. Having said that, she doesn't know her own phone number. Okay. So that helps. All right, guys. Uh, Kevin and Bean. Allie. Uh, girl calling with random man still in her bedroom, uh, trying to get rid of this random man. Uh, he won't leave, and he won't wake up. So um, should I leave? I don't want to leave because, I, I mean, I've got some nice... I like, like I, She's talking about leaving her yeah, own no. place with him no. in bed. Ha- has she checked that he's breathing? That he's not oh. dead? I don't yeah. know. Mm. I'm not positive. But now she starts to think, to, to weigh the positives and the negatives. If I leave, what do I need to be worried about with a stranger in my bed? Right. right. If he wakes up and wants to take stuff, uh-huh. what do I have? Yeah. A, a newborn kitten is like probably the nicest thing that I own right now. Uh, but I'm saying maybe take the kitten with you. I'm saying wake the dude <laughs> up and get him the F out of there. <laughs> get a taser. Wake up. It is 1140. Florida time, my time. Oh, she's in Florida. Oh, no. Hmm. I mean, lead with that, Kevin. How about that? <laughs> I'm not the caller. This is the first time she mentioned being from Florida. Uh, by the way, my num- my number is 813-9302. How many numbers was that? I don't know, about 14. <laughs> <laughs> but I went back and I tried to make sense and I wrote uh-huh. down the numbers and it was like too, too many. Uh-huh. And it, of course, it didn't work. Uh, by the way, my num- my number is 813 9302 You guys want to call him back. Uh, uh, I need Ali's advice. <laughs> All right, hold, hold, hold. She's not there. Maybe. I should. Uh... Working it through in her mind. Mm-hmm. Try just to turn the fire alarm on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing that's been mocking Bean for two weeks almost, two days, I mean, yep. she's thinking about using the fire alarm because hopefully that would wake the guy up in her bed. Yep, that noise. But what's amazing to me mm-hmm. is that the first time she called, it was 11. Now yeah. it's 1140. I yes. mean, the She's, bed is comfortable. It's very comfortable. That was clear. Where'd you get it? She said, <laughs> I don't know, the bed store. <laughs> All right. right. Hold the lighter up to one of these uh, little battery units I keep replacing that uh, every month. And by the way, she can't get it to, to actually make noise. B right. can't get it to stop. Right. Right. I feel like maybe she's your soulmate, Bean. Maybe so. Uh, you knew which way. Yeah, call him back. Allie, uh, tweet me back or call him back. 813 9 I'll call back again, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, is she for real? Do I... Uh, do I know for a fact? No, but I have listened to all 23 of her messages, oh, gosh. and I believe she's for real. And you're very deeply in love, I think. I love her. <laughs> it does hurt my feelings that she follows only Allie on Instagram. Oh, oh no. Not, do we have her at? Not Kevin and or Bean. Oh, no. Okay. Because Allie's the only one she cares about, oh, apparently. No. At which point I was like, all right, then. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, you're bringing the crazy extra hard today, huh? 
The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Look, I just want to point out the beer mug. This guy right here. Uh-huh. He's the guy that was saying everything. Was forever. I heard I it right out of your mouth. say anything. And he was George. mouthing off about you, George, and I just want you to know who it was so that you don't think it was me. Now, who was mouthing off uh, about me on the air? It was him as well? It was him as well, yes. That was all beer mugs. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So I, I can have a couple of minutes with him alone later. Please. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Please I appreciate do. that. Man. <laughs> that uh, terrifying voice is George Christie. He has a one-man show called Outlaw that's currently showing in, uh, in uh, starting uh, what, starting Thursday, right? In well, Terminos? it started last Thursday, actually. Okay. So I, we've done two shows so far, and then Thursday night will be another performance, and then Sunday matinee. Okay. And this is you on stage. The show is called Outlaw. This is you recounting your life story and your 40 years in the Hells Angels here in California. Yes, it actually goes beyond that. It actually starts uh, with me in in the courtroom talking about my experience and then a flashback to the mid-50s, which was the first time I ever saw an outlaw motorcyclist. uh, It was was, love at first sight for you, wasn't it, George? It was, and uh, beyond what was it about seeing those guys in, in those get-ups on motorcycles that uh, captured your imagination as a young man? And do they call them get-ups? Well, I was gonna, <laughs> you know, I was gonna make a comment about okay, that. Uh, if you can call it a get-up because you're not here, right? Okay. <laughs> what do you prefer? About those costumes, <laughs> they were so attracted to. Yes, I, I, I like the term costume better than get-up. I do like that better. <laughs> the outfits they were wearing. How about that? <laughs> does does uh, does this make me look fat? <laughs> <laughs> Did it just make you want to be a badass? Was there an element of a danger well, and excitement? Or? Yeah, all of that. But I'll tell you what happened was this guy sat there at the stoplight. Everybody was mesmerized. And after the guy left, everybody started talking bad about him. And I thought to myself, well, you sure the hell didn't say that while he was here? <laughs> and uh, that kind of triggered something in my head. And uh, this guy standing on the corner that was talking to my dad that really got upset he actually spit on the ground, looked at me, and told me, he goes, that's your America. And I thought, damn right it is. Wow. Oh. Okay, so you saw it just as the mo- the guy on the motorcycle, or do you see it as the club? That well, you wanted I, to be a part of the club? I saw it as a outlaw on a motorcycle. And then as I got older, uh, you know, I went in the Marines, and I came home, and I was kind of bored. And I started hanging out with this uh, 1% motorcycle club. The 1% were the... Super one- rich? 
No, they were oh. <laughs> really you got nice. confused. <laughs> <Nice>. okay. <laughs> uh, they were the 1% that ruined it for the wholesome riders, according to the American Motorcycle Association. Oh, okay. And those are the guys I gravitated towards. It was a club mm. called the Question Marks that was endorsed by the Hells Angels locally in Ventura. They introduced me to the Saint and Slaves, and the Saint and Slaves took me up to Kern River, and that's where I met the Hells Angels, and I met Old Man John, who was there's, the president of the Los Angeles Hells Angels. There's and, no story that involves wow. something called the Satan Slaves that ends well for anybody, George. Come well, on. Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, they were a tough bunch of guys, and you know, when I started hanging out with them, my dad warned me. He goes, she, you know, these guys are real outlaws, don't you? And I said, well, why in the hell do you think I'm, I'm there? <laughs> no dad wants to hear that, though. No, no, they don't, you know. So, George, if people hear the term Hells Angels and they don't know much about it, but they have a negative connotation with the group, that's fair, right? Well, I, I think that is fair. And, you know, I think that the Altamont concert solidified that uh, uh you know, you know the whole story behind that. The Rolling Stones. Stones, right? Yeah, they wanted to do that concert at Altamont, and I wasn't there. I, you know, I don't want to pretend I was, but some of my close friends were there. I was in uh, Southern California. That was in Northern California. But how it came down was, the Stones said we want to put on a free concert on the West Coast, kind of do an all, uh, a uh, Woodstock type deal, and they called the Grateful Dead as uh, manager, Rock Scully. Said, "Well, who's going to do a security? How do you guys do these concerts in the park?" And Scully says, well, "Get the Hell's Angels. They'll do it. They always do it for us." And the rest is basically history. And uh, you for know, folks who don't know, one of the Hell's Angels ended up knifing a concert goer to death, and right. that's why that has become that's. The legend of the Rolling Stones and the danger, and that kind of solidified in a lot of people's minds what the Hell's Angels are all about. What was their explanation for why they did it? I'm sure it was not anyone's intention that day to kill it. Well, let me, let me tell you, and this is something that a lot of people don't understand and don't know. Uh, Meredith Hunter, the young black man that succumbed to the knife wounds uh, that day, was pointing a gun at the stage. And it's on film. You can see the gun. Uh, Alan Pizarro you know, saw him and immediately reacted, which, you know, the Rolling Stones anticipated we would do if uh, something aroused mm -hmm. or arose. And so Alan stabbed him. He died. There was a big court battle after that. And Alan got found not guilty, justifiable homicide. And then we presented a bill with uh, to the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. They owed us, you know, money for uh, legal fees. They said they'd cover the legal fees. And, and they, they paid it right away? No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keith Richards wanted to pay it. Mick didn't think uh, they should pay it because we, uh, you know, uh, dirtied up their name. Yeah. And, Mick uh, is very cheap, too. He's enormously frugal. Well, uh, you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> so were you the collector, George? Were you the guy that had to well, go after the stones for the money? Well, there was a little crew that uh, had decided to uh, send a message to Mick by blowing up his yacht. And, oh, uh, man. Oh, my goodness. This escalated quickly. <laughs> All right. Wow. That, that, whole, that whole story was exposed by one of the guys that became an informant, and we received a check for $50,000 shortly after that. 
And then he builds you for the yacht, and it's still going on. And we're not going to pay for the yacht. George, you have been to prison as a result of your time in the Hells Angels. Three, what did you get, three times. Three times. Three what, times. Were you con- what were you convicted of? Because I, li- well, I like you, and you seem like a nice man, but I'm trying not to be too captivated because I feel like you're also a bad man. Well, Are I'm, you a bad man? I was told by a judge, you're very seductive, Mr. Christie. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, that very well may be, but I'll tell you, the first time I got arrested was in 1986, and it was for a murder that never happened. I spent a year in Terminal Island Prison, and I got found not guilty. That was during the trial? That's why you I, were in jail? Yes. Yeah, okay. I had days, no bail on my... Uh, right. uh, and back then, they didn't have the detention center in downtown L.A., so you went straight to Terminal Island Prison if it was in this district. So okay. I spent a year down there. And you uh, were innocent of that? I was. I was found innocent. And then in uh, 2001, I got indicted on a 59-count state racketeering charge. And that case kind of collapsed under its own weight. And uh, I was in a year. I spent a year in solitary confinement fighting the case. And I, uh, they dropped uh, 57 of the counts, and I pled guilty and got time served. Uh, I pled guilty to conspiracy and tax evasion or... Uh, and then, Why were you in solitary confinement if you were fighting the case? Because... For your uh, own safety? Uh, well, no, they didn't want me uh, manipulating the inmates at the prison. They felt that I had enough sway oh, as a I shot see. caller. Seductive. That got very it. seductive. Mm, so you right. already yeah, picked up I on it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Allie's falling in love, in fact. Well, All right. No. What was the third time you were behind bars, George? The third time was in uh, 2011. That was an eight-count indictment. Uh, and that was three mandatory minimums of life, count six, seven, and eight. The use of uh, arson and commission of a crime. And the case, uh, my daughter was one of the lawyers. My oldest daughter is also my criminal lawyer. And she was That's really... good to have one in the family. When very you good. Yes. It was a, with the best investment I ever made. <laughs> and, I, you know, she chipped away at it along with uh, Michael Mayock. And uh, ultimately, the judge uh, kind of... I thought he was siding in with us. And he told the United States attorney, he goes, you know, this case isn't what you want. You want it to be the case of your career, but it's not going to be because you're going to have to come to terms with that. And I thought, well, I'm going to beat him again. And then he looked at me and they said, and you, Mr. Christie, God only knows what you've gotten away with the last 40 years. Hmm. And he goes, I want a plea agreement reached ASAP. And it had been going on three years almost. And it it was time to make a uh, deal, I guess. So he... Although he didn't have to, he gave me two years credit for house arrest. I was on house arrest two years when we were fighting the case. And then he sent me to Texas, uh, to prison, the Latuna prison in Texas for a year. And it um, kind of reminded me of coming here today. You know, is you, that right? You had to go to the gate, <laughs> uh-huh. get admitted. Right? And, what about the you, interior, though? It's not the same. No, this okay. is much better. Okay, good. But you, you blew something up, though, right? I mean, you did it, right? I, that time. I did, well, you know... And I wanted to tell the judge this, but uh, uh, the lawyers went crazy, especially my daughter. She really chastised me. I said, well, let's tell the, them I had nothing to do with it because it wasn't uh, done properly. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> had I done it, Your Honor, it would have really been better. That's right. Yeah, uh, they... We have to take a break, George. Stand by, please. The one-man show is called Outlaw. By the way, people, if they hear that word outlaw associated with your name, it may sound very familiar because you had a show on TV for a long time about this, too, I as did, well, right? Outlaw Chronicles on the History Channel. History Channel, right. Yeah. One Man Show, you can go to georgechristyoutlaw.com if you want to get tickets for Sherman Oaks. More with our guests when we return right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. George Christie is in the studio with us. He is a former Hell's Angel leader.
leader, and we are learning a lot here this morning. I'll tell you that. I, I want to go back to one second to the end of the last uh, segment here, George, when you were talking about the various times that you've spent in prison. I was surprised to learn from you that being in prison, there's no such thing as gang warfare between motorcycle gangs behind bars. Explain that to me, please. Well, you know, it's interesting. In 1986, when I got to the prison, there was a, a senior member in there, and I said to him, I go, who do we have a problem with in here? And he laughed. He goes... What are you talking about? He goes, we don't fight in prison. And I said, what about the guys we have problems with? And he goes, yeah, they're in here, but we don't fight with them. And I hmm. took that philosophy from the prison, and when I came home in 1987, I wanted to apply it to the streets. So, you know, for many, many years, up into the mid-2000s, uh, I went and petitioned other bike clubs that we had issues with uh, to put our differences behind us. Uh, and, uh, you know... We stopped shooting at each other uh, wow. for long periods of time. But, they you know. need you to get in on some of the, you know, this gang violence that's, you know, rampant across Southern California and Chicago and other places where they just refuse to let those feuds die. Well, you know, it's interesting. I just talked to a friend of mine who is a, uh, uh, he's now home. He was in prison. He's a counterfeiter. Uh, uh, he's probably one of the premier counterfeiters in the United States. When the United States said nobody can counterfeit this new $100 bill, uh, he took that as a challenge. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, he did seven years for it. <laughs> and he is doing a lot of stuff like that. Him and I have been talking, and I may go to Chicago and uh, try to work with some of the city fathers there and uh, uh, talk to them about... Uh, putting this gang violence behind them because they're only hurting themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know this no is, winners. I know that this is probably a very complex uh, answer, but if you could quickly explain, how do you get out after you're the leader of Hell's Angels? Well, I'll tell you, I, I actually had a judge that I've known for years after I left the club and there was all kinds of rumors flying. He came up to me and said, well, how do you leave the Hell's Angels, George? And, uh, you know, my reply to him was very carefully. And, you know, I left, I went to the meeting, I explained my situation, that people, as a leader, I didn't think anybody was sharing my vision anymore, and that I was going to walk away. And, and how was that met? Uh, at first, uh, it seemed uh, like they were willing to accept it, and then a couple of weeks later, some of the leadership felt that uh, uh, I had got weak, I was soft, uh, I had deserted them, and then the cast character assassination started that i was an informant i was this i was that and you know i t took all that in stride uh, i thought it was kind of interesting that a club that was supposed to shroud itself in secrecy uh took to social media to shame me it, that uh, is odd it, it, it so you left odd. in good standing and then you were gone for a few weeks and all of a sudden two you weeks became, later i got a you... phone call i was told you know your status has changed and uh, I said, really, my status has changed. And they said, yeah, you're out and bad, no contact. We don't want like you. We don't want anything to do with you, and no one's allowed to talk to you. So it's like a church excommunication where they can no longer acknowledge your friendship. Well, I, I think you put it very well right there. Wow, that must have been, I mean, that was your whole adult life. That must have been heartbreaking to lose that companionship that you had enjoyed for so long? Well, you know, it was really hard to take. You know, I had uh, decided, uh, you know, it took me two years to make that decision. And I felt if I had stayed in, it would have strictly been because of my ego. And I, you know, mustered up the nerve. I walked into the meeting and, you know, nobody said anything and I left. But, you know, I'll tell you, uh, it prompted me to do the television show 
prompted me to write my books. I have three books that I've written. And it prompted me to do the stage show. So, you know, maybe that uh, was what I was supposed to do. I don't know. But Do you uh, ever worry about somebody coming after you and trying to hurt you? Well, when your number's punched, your number's punched. I always figured that. and I've always felt like that. I'm not trying to sound cavalier or challenge anybody. That That's just always been my philosophy. George, so you don't worry but, about it. It's maybe possible, but you don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't worry about it. I don't lose any sleep at night. But, I, you know, I do think about it. I think about the safety of my wife. You know, I have a wife that's much younger than me. We have a, a 15-year-old son. And, uh, you know, my concern is for them. It's not for myself. I mean, I lived that, you know, cavalier, provocative lifestyle for 40 years. So I'm used to the things that come along with it. But uh, I would hope that, uh, you know, People would leave, leave them out. Family. When you tell your 15 year old that he needs to um, do what he's told, does he ever go, Hey, Dad, you were, uh, you know, Hell's Angels leader for <laughs> no, 40 years? My son is a very interesting guy. He's completely opposite of me. And I came in one day, I was really excited. The History Channel was having a, they were showing reruns uh, of the Outlaw Chronicles. I said, They're having a marathon this weekend. And he looked at me and he said, You know, Dad, you're just a rerun. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, Mug said a lot worse about you, but still. George, I know we're going to run out of time. This is such a fascinating conversation because we really, we knew nothing about this. But what's the state of, you've been gone a few years now, what's the state of the Hells Angels in California in 2018? Is it still a popular and powerful entity? Is it still involved in a lot of the things well, that you know, were involved? I, I think it, it al always will be uh, a popular and powerful entity. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they are under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, you know, the first, and I'll close with this if we're going to stop this. The first prosecution was in 1979 for uh, racketeering. That's the first time the government looked at us as a criminal organization. And it was a very young prosecutor who happens to be in the news today, Robert Mueller. No kidding. No kidding. So there you go. You wow. Know. Wow. When Robert Mueller comes after somebody, he comes after <laughs> um, would you uh, Would you urge young people today that may ask you this question about whether they should join a motorcycle gang to stay away from it? Or do I, you think it's a rewarding lifestyle? No, I don't think uh, it is what uh, it was when I walked into it. You know, it's certainly changed a lot. But that's a decision, you know, these uh, young men are going to have to make for themselves. You have to understand, when I got involved in the outlaw bike culture... You had to build your motorcycle. You couldn't go into a Harley-Davidson shop and buy a custom motorcycle. So the people involved, their basis for being involved in that culture was motorcycles, brotherhood, building motorcycles, riding motorcycles, and understanding everything about your motorcycle. Nowadays, you go in. I bought my first motorcycle for 200 bucks. You can't even get the oil change nowadays for 200 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. that should put it all in perspective. It uh, sounds like a fascinating onstage talk, you guys. It's called Outlaw. It's George Christie's one-man show. It's going on at the White Fire Theater in Sherman Oaks again this week, Thursday night, Sunday, and then next Friday as well. You can go to georgechristieoutlaw.com. We'll also post that on the Kevin Bean social media, too, if you don't remember the name. Tickets on sale now for just 25 bucks for that. Fascinating, fascinating interview, George. Thanks so much for, Thank uh, you for, guys for having riding me. your bike down here today. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Kevin and Bean. K-Rock. All right, this is Radio Whiplash. We're going from George Christie. <laughs> right? Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels leader for 40 years. Two. Mm -hmm. Mug's getting his 
back waxed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happened. That did happen. Something for everybody yeah. today. This is uh, the last bit of leftover business from the Kevin and Bean Built This Bull singles party in Las Vegas over the weekend. We talked a lot yesterday about the about the bus and about mugs on the mic and about the great people at the party and the wonderful time we had at the Planet Hollywood. But the one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about... And how did it even come up that Muggs was going to get his back waxed in public? Why Why is that the type of thing he didn't do before he went to the pool party? Oh, look, go ahead. Look, I had I was so busy. You know, I'm a dad, and I have a lot of things going outside of work, believe it or not. I wanted to be pool ready for the singles party in Las Vegas, and I wasn't feeling very comfortable with this patch of hair that I had on my upper back. Patch mm. of the hair. Patch of hair. On his upper back. On your upper back. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So it's there's a much, patch. It's, it's not as much a patch as it is an 11 by 14 carpet. Sure, I mean, sure. it's a lot of hair, Muggs. You're a hairy dude. I'm a hairy And by guy. upper back, your whole back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to get you know take take care of that look right. look presentable for all the beautiful people that were hanging out of the pool at Planet Hollywood. So I get a text. Hey, you want to help um, wax Muggs's back? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> and I hope you wrote back new phone. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this might be a good time to ask since assistant producer Christine is in here. I want to ask you as well as Allie. Women are not down with the back hair, right? I I mean, like it's not preferable, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, it's like, eh, you know. And I think most guys have hair on their yeah, back. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'd rather have a little bit of hair than those dudes that are like, ooh, I'm slick as a seal. All right, that's creepy yeah. as hell. There's guys who guys, take every piece of body hair yeah, off of them or weird Yeah, right? the guys who shave their body and stuff, it's like, I, I don't like that. No. It, I can handle some body hair, but. Listen to Muggs. Shut up, Muggs. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm yeah. asking the girls. If you're an Olympic swimmer, go ahead and shave. Otherwise, stop sure. it, right? Right. All right. So what happens? So Muggs decides he wants to get his back waxed. How does this become your problem, Christine? I don't know. Did I draw this, the short straw? I mean, I sort of feel like you did. And I think I was just trying to be helpful because Muggs was like, I really, this patch, again, patch is really bothering me. And I was like, you know what? It's a, I'll, I'll help. I, and so yeah. Allie said, okay, I'll come and film this because <laughs> I'm not I leaving mean, her alone in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I really appreciated that. Uh-huh. So uh, I think... Allie and I were both surprised when we started the process, Muggs took off his shirt, and the patch wasn't so much a patch yeah. as it was a field. Yeah, uh, sure. A patch yeah. There's that. Isn't a and he kept saying, patch. I'm not so worried about the bottom because I don't have any hair there. And we were like, hmm, hmm. I'm not sure what bottom you're talking about, but I don't want to <laughs> see that part that doesn't have hair. Because the entire top to bottom of the back was carpeted with hair. Oh, he's a grizzly bear. Completely. I am. Absolutely. Here's a little bit of the audio of what was going on. When you hit a Vegas pool, especially the Planet Hollywood right here, you want to make sure that you're, you know, up to code. For me, it's my back. Not really so much in the lower part, but it's the (laughs) upper region. It's got a little bushy over the years. So if, Christine, you want to take uh, these little Veet strips and uh, clean me up, I'd really appreciate that. This is so not what I signed up for, you guys. I mean, come on, Christine. You've done some really crazy stuff. I, yeah, this is up with like helping mugs with the garters. Sure. When he had a dress as a sexy cop once. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is right up there for me. So. The Britney Spears costume. The Britney Spears costume. Sure. Yep, all Forget of it. By uh, ignorance, but how does one go about waxing a back these oh. days? So they had these. Uh, we were really surprised. Allie was saying, "There's no way this is going to work because." Mm-hmm. 
Um, usually you need a hot wax situation. Yeah. And we weren't going to mess with that at the hotel, but they had these um, Veet strips um, that were, you just kind of open them up and stick them on the hair. Hmm. And we were like, that, that's just not going to work. Mm-mm. No way. And? Shockingly good. Really? It ripped everything off. I was will say a- this, though. For most people, it might take one, two, three tries for it to work. Okay. Christine is literally rubbing it in the direction (laughs) that the hair grows. She was a pro at this. It was concerning how good it was. And then every time, no, no. Yeah. She was doing everything right. And then she'd rip it off, and we would just marvel at all of the hair on that strip. That it, seems uh, bad. It was how, shocking. How clean it looked. It looked yes. good afterwards. All right, yes. here, here's a little bit more. All right, so here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The problem oh, area. Right here. Oh, wait. Max, is that... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really comfortable with that. You know what would be nice? If I could take some of this right here and put it over here and here. We're going to need some more strips. Yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Good times. I, I didn't mean that. When <laughs> you started pulling the tape off of Mugs, was there a... No! moment at all did that happen um are you asking if he um said that exactly is that your question three Kitty? two one oh, Kelly Clarkson. that's a strange question bean but yes yes he did <laughs> Yes, that happened. <laughs> but I, I want to thank Christine. She did, like, the most amazing job. And this this is a, pr- a procedure that you pay, like, top dollar for in a lot of... So how much did you tip her? Well, you know, I dropped my towel afterwards. Oh, to get a little okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That wow. But she didn't finish my lower back. You asked. Oh, you told her not to. There was no problem. But, but I did realize shortly thereafter that mm-hmm. there was So here's problem. the right. thing. It's perfect because from about half of his back up, <laughs> yeah. no hair. Straight. There's a straight line. <laughs> and then there's just hair. Yeah. So it's the best look ever. Christine, give me one. Give me another one of those. Give me. I I I, you, I, I deserve a raise for this. You guys, actually, right? you like, do. Yeah. I'll, I'll you give do. you a little payment. But oh, no, look. Let's take a break because Dave is suggesting that we Instagram live it. Okay. So that people uh, can, can play along at home. No, I like it. Play along at home. You guys yeah. don't want this. Trust me. When you say I'm, play along at home, what are you hoping for? The team, you guys. Okay. Sacrificial All right. lamb. So are we going to do it while we're playing commercials in a song in the next studio? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh I think that's Instagram idea. Live. I like I'm it. sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. That was a lot of hair, you guys. Right? Coming off a fur mug. That was a lot of hair. Fur mug. Too much. <laughs> I'm sorry the listeners have, have dubbed you fur mug. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you ever believed as a kid, you guys? That was trending this week on social media. I think there's a discussion there. We'll have that coming up right after 8. And then our friend Mike Shinoda joins us next hour as well. First, Allie's here with what's happening on a Tuesday morning. Well, thank you to everybody that just tuned in to Instagram Live. Mm -hmm. And you got to see a little bit of what I got to witness through a camera over the weekend as Christine waxed mugs. And he actually said these words. Three, two, one. Kelly Clarkson! Just like in the movies, it's good stuff, which leads me to some Kelly Clarkson news, you guys. Wow. She is filming a pilot for a daytime talk show. It could date bong bong indeed. It could debut sometime next fall. What? Here's the thing. 
This article says she certainly has the experience necessary for such a gig. She joined NBC's The Voice as a season 14 coach, and she hosted the 2018 Billboard Music Awards. Um, so that's, that's apparently enough to get a daytime talk show now. Odd. I will say this about Kelly Clarkson. Extremely personable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. A really, she's just friendly and good, and you kind of gravitate towards her. So for daytime TV, I feel like she's actually someone you would want to watch. All right. Right? Sure. And then she could wax people during a segment, and they could all yell out her name. (laughs) I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. Three, two, one. Bye, Kelly Clarkson! (laughs) Have you guys seen this movie, Eighth Grade, has been getting all sorts of love across the board. I want to see it too. Here's the thing. It is rated R and a lot of people are saying this is a movie that 8th graders should be seeing because it's all about them and their trials and tribulations and the struggle of being young but it's rated R due to some sexual content and the use of the F word quite a few times. Mm. And God knows 8th graders have never heard those words Uh or dealt with any kind of sexual content. Here's what's happening on Wednesday night, though. 51 theaters in every single state across the United States are going to have free screenings of the movie and suspend the age limit. So if you're under the age of 18, you do not have to be accompanied by an adult. Nice. Which is pretty darn cool. Oh, wow. The movie here in L.A. that you could see on Wednesday being 8th grade. You could see it at the Arclight Hollywood. They're the ones here locally that will be participating in this. Which is pretty darn cool. A free yeah. screening and suspending the age limit. Hell yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Uh-huh. Check that out. Please stop. Oh. <laughs> Why? Just, right? In a new interview, Dave Bautista said he's willing to quit the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise entirely if Marvel doesn't use the script that James Gunn recently completed Uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Wait, so he's not saying if James Gunn isn't reinstated, he just wants to use the script He wants to make sure that it's still the script that he had completed. He doesn't want a brand new script in there. He says, this is the quote, where I'm at right now is that if Marvel doesn't use that script, then I'm going to ask them to release me from my contract, cut me out, or recast me. Really I'd be, sad. I'd be doing James a disservice if I didn't. Nobody's defending his tweets, but this was a smear campaign on a good man. Super sad. He has been one of, I would say, the most outspoken of the cast. They, of course, all sent out the same release saying that... While we don't condone the tweets in any way, this was an attack, essentially. A cyber attack. Right. Which he says by, um, where is that quote exactly? It's because it's... Hold, please. Seriously. The effort that got him fired was a cyber Nazi attack that succeeded. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know. Can you... You can ask, obviously, to be released from your contract, but Disney doesn't have to. I don't think they have to, right? I don't know. By any means. You're right. Uh, Oh, okay. okay, Thank you. Moving on. Okay, wow. (laughs) Done with that story. Moving on. How about a LeBron James story? Yep, there it is. Okay. 
Okay, right. perfect. LeBron James Spring Hill Entertainment has steadily grown into quite the enterprise in the world of filmmaking and entertainment. The latest is a partnership with Showtime and a not-so-subtle jab at critics that have told LeBron to shut up and dribble. It's a documentary film titled Shut Up and Dribble. <laughs> the series will trace the history of the NBA players from the merger with the ABA to now and how players grew their off-court brands and platforms. It's going to be goodness. yeah, a three-part series that premieres in October. That's it's pretty right. interesting to look at the this ever-changing role of athletes in political discourse, just the landscape of politics. Obviously. Obviously. So LeBron James going to be heading that one up with his Spring Hill Entertainment. Hmm. What do you think about that, Rodney? Hmm. Bigot. <laughs> no, he's definitely so. not a bigot. Cry baby. Well, mm. a lot of people might agree with that on the court, but I'm Look, not here's, sure. Here's, here's my whole thing. Uh-huh. And I've said this a million times, not only about the athletes, but about the singers, about the actors, all the people that they tell to shut up and sing or shut up and act or shut mm-hmm. up and write or shut up and... Every American has a right to his opinion. You don't not get to express your opinion because of the job that you have. I don't pay for your music to hear your opinions. <laughs> I just it's what about so, those people? It's so dumb to me that if the, the guy who drives the trash truck down your street can talk about what he thinks about politics, that Adele can't talk about what she thinks about politics. I don't throw out my trash to hear your opinions. <laughs> right. It's just dumb, you guys. So shut up and dribble is dumb. It's pretty dumb. I'm with LeBron on this one. I don't... I don't know if he needs you on his team. No, he probably does. But he does? Probably. Okay. I All right. So, yeah. Good stuff. I don't understand this whole situation with Johnny Depp's upcoming film. It's about the murder investigation surrounding Tupac and notorious B.I.G. City of Lies. It has now been pulled from the schedule a month before it was set to hit theaters. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be released on September 7th. No new release date has been set, but a source told The Wrap that the studio chose not to put the movie out right now and put it on hold because marketing a film with Johnny Depp as a star is too challenging right now. Wow. That's all you need to understand about it. He's just become toxic because of so many things that have come out lately since the Amber Heard thing broke and then all the revelations from the Rolling Stone interview. People just don't want to be in business with Johnny Depp anymore with the exception of... J.K. Rowling? The, the Harry Potter movie, yeah, which is, I guess, because he has a minor part. It's not He's not the lead in it. And all the pirate movies? Well, I'm saying pirate since, yeah. since all this has come out, though, is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. I think the circumstances have changed for Johnny Depp in the last few months is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they'd want to put out a Pirates movie now either, right now. Right. He's a little bit I too do feel like if it could make some money, they sure as hell would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the world is funny. Some birthdays for you. Tobin Bell. Kevin? I just, I don't Just tell. please, <clears throat> if you could. You want to play a game? And if people missed it earlier. Come on. Tobin Bell as Alf. You want to play a game, Willie? <laughs> Very good. I don't think people understand your mouth. It's just magic. <laughs> Happy birthday to Mike Trout, Michael Shannon. Did I say David Duchovny? Well, I'll say it again, David Duchovny, because 
Right? Who's right. with me? Ladies, men, anyone? That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. Allie, um, <clears throat> I missed this at the time, but a couple of days ago, the dumbest thing I believed as a kid was happening all over the internet. How come? Uh, somebody just tweeted, What's the dumbest thing that you believed? And then the hashtag, dumb things I believed started mm-hmm. going around and I laughed my butt off at some of these and then some that I was like wait what that's not real yeah there's Did a you wide still thought still believe <laughs> okay good <laughs> there's a, a wide variety some that won't surprise you for instance uh from live the dumbest thing i believed as a kid was that if you swallow your gum it'll get stuck to your heart there are variations <laughs> of that a lot of people stuck you know, to your heart <clears throat> a lot of people believe it just you know sticks in your stomach for years right uh um, dumbest thing I believed as a kid was that cooties are real and that you can die from playing with your belly button. Did, oh, that, that's true. Well, did somebody did somebody say don't play with your belly button, you'll die? I don't know, but the cootie thing, it could be real, right? It could could be you, real. You catch something from a dude, you dumbest, could die. That's, that is a sort of mm. Dumbest thing I believed, I grew up in Boston, and I thought the line down the middle of the street was the equator. <laughs> wow, Boston, people from Boston are dumb. Well, obviously, that goes without saying. I love this one. My mother's back problems were a result of my careless sidewalk crack stepping. <laughs> well, we've all been told, right? Yeah, step on a crack, uh, you break mama's back. I love Viking. When I was a kid, I thought that you had to marry someone with the same last name as you. Now, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sure. Because married people always have the same, almost always have the same last name. True. So that must be how it worked, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be uh, taking your calls, by the way, if you want to share with us something that you believed as a kid. 1-800-520-1067. Let's uh, go around the room a little bit. Uh, Kevin, how about you? What did you believe as a kid? I don't have any that were dumb. Oh, you what? believe dumb things now Come as an adult. On. How did you not believe dumb things as a kid? I mean, I don't remember them then. I assume I I had more than any of you, but I just don't remember. (laughs) Allie, let's go to you. I used to think when I would be watching Saturday morning cartoons that if I had to go to the bathroom, you'd just turn the TV off, go to the bathroom, come back, and it's still on at that same place. That it was just a pause button Mm. as a kid. We didn't have DVRs way back then. Okay, I've never believed anything that dumb. Okay. (laughs) I also believed, because my mother told me, that when you hear the ice cream truck the music playing, mm-hmm. that means they're out of ice cream. That's the opposite <laughs> of what's true. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? She saved herself about two bucks a week. Right? <laughs> Sheep ass. <laughs> she told you that they were out of ice yeah. cream so you wouldn't go out and try to buy ice cream. Because you'd hear that Why would they keep driving so around pumped? then? Just to let you kids know we ain't got nothing. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's very smart of your mom. Yeah, that is very smart. Yeah. How about you, Muggs? So... Kind of like Allie's uh, pause button thing. When I'd put the my Ghostbusters, the, the first Ghostbusters movie, VHS in the uh, in the VHS machine, um, I thought the actors were somewhere, not re- like doing whatever, and they'd get a little red light that goes off in whatever room they're in, saying, "Oh, someone, I'm putting in the DVD or the VHS. somebody wants to watch. Somebody wants to watch." Places everybody, so I thought it was acted out live as I was watching it on so, the yeah. VH. So the actors and actresses were standing around, not mm-hmm. doing anything, yeah. but worked together just in case. <laughs> and then when you want to watch, <laughs> yeah. they all took their places and started. That's, wow, yeah. But I would bet that's exceptional. Look, <laughs> if you're a little kid and and you only know about the real world, I would bet it in your mind it makes sense. That those people are real, too. Just like the people on the radio, if you hear somebody talking, there must be somebody somewhere talking live at that time. 
it's a it, it it's a learned experience that things can be recorded. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. When you're young enough, that makes sense. But Muggs believed this until two years ago. <laughs> right? That's the weird thing. That's what scares me about this. All right. 1-800-520-1067. Dumbest thing you believed as a kid. Why don't we start with David? He's in Bellflower. He's on line one. Hey, David. Hey, how's it going? Uh, first time caller. Thank you. Wow. Long this is the topic listener. that finally got you to the phone. Amazing. <laughs> what, what do you have to share well, for us, sir? Uh, growing up as a kid, like, you watch a lot of cartoons and stuff like that on TV. Um, I watched a lot of I Love Lucy and a lot of black and white TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured out, like, I was thinking back then, like, I would, you know, back then people would, would not see color. Like, I, I would watch TV and be like, maybe back then they didn't see color. What's going on? Like, the so- world was black and white back then. The world was black and white back then. That's what I believe. Interesting. That's perfectly reasonable. That makes and sense. Aww. And I'm going to tell you yeah. something here, David. And I didn't I, I didn't believe that that I, I remember. But I was watching a show the other day, and they had President Kennedy on the show in color. And it was so shocking to me because I never think about President Kennedy as being a person who lived on the earth in color. Although, of course, he was because I've only ever seen him in black and white before. So I totally get where hmm. you're coming from. I'm as dumb as you were as a kid. I'm that dumb now. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. 1-800-520-1067. Dumbest thing you believed as a kid? We'll take your calls next on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. 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 Q. I love this topic, you guys. <laughs> dumb things you believed as a kid. Let me uh, let me uh, hit you with a couple. Then we'll go back to the phones at 1-800-520-1067. Uh, from the 818, my best friend's mom used to tell her that craft singles were really expensive cheese because she didn't want her kids eating crap processed food. My friend didn't find out until a slumber party when she was 16. There was a giant stack of craft singles on the table. She got all excited because they had the fancy cheese. Not the case at all. Love it. From the 925, a cousin told me that a dog's butthole was where it heard from. So I totally tried to talk to a few dogs that way before I was told otherwise. That's the best thing I've ever heard. John says, <laughs> when I was a kid, I believed that Mount Rushmore was a natural occurrence. <laughs> wow. Because, wow. Because yeah. the wind uh, just kind of made those presidents' faces? Right. One more from Scott. When I was in kindergarten, I believed that the cars just sat on the road and that God was pulling the road under your car until you reached your destination. That's hmm. very cooperative of God, right? I think. And how very does he nice. make everybody go in different directions at the same time? <laughs> I guess he's just being all God and whatnot, right? All right, let's say good morning to Cat uh, in Orange. Hi, Cat. Hi, how are you? We are good, thank you. Dumb things you believed as a kid. So when I was a kid, I believed that somehow sharks could get into my swimming pool through like the pipes and drains. So I was deathly afraid if I saw a shadow, I would just swim out as fast as I possibly could. Sure. How, gotta, did you, how did you feel about alligators coming up through your toilet? Oh, my God. I, I did not ever think about that one, but that's pretty scary. <laughs> now she's going to be frightened of that one for a while. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, it could happen, Kat. I'm just saying it could happen. <laughs> let's try. Uh, let's go to Denver, Colorado, please. Line 7. Hugo streaming us online here this morning. Hugo, what's the dumb thing you believed as a kid? Morning, guys. Morning. I believed that the weathermen that gave us the hot weather... I thought they controlled the weather themselves. So you're mad at them. You're like, come on, make it cooler. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't I didn't uh, realize that until I was like, you know, a young teen. Until you were what? 
A young teen. A young, a young teen. teen. Mm. Well, you know, yes. you see a lot of weathermen, they say, hey, don't blame the messenger. You know, if mm. the weather's really bad, really cold or <laughs> right. snowy or really hot, they're like, look, it's not my fault. I'm just telling you what it is. But a lot, I think a lot of people do blame the weathermen. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Thank you, Hugo. Let's go to Sarah, line five, please. North Hollywood up next, talking about dumb things you believed as a kid. Hi, Sarah. Hi, good morning. What do you have for us? Uh, basically, when we were kids, my brother and I, my mom used to tell us that the hazard light button in her car was an ejector seat for bad kids. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you don't want to hit that button. That's great. I love it. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome. Let's try Kayla line four. Kayla is in Santa Ana. She apparently was dumb as a kid, too. Hey, Kayla. <laughs> Hi. Um, I had a friend tell me when I was five that his sister swallowed a watermelon seed it grew in her stomach, and a vine came out of her mouth. So now that's true. That did that. That, that is true. That, that is, is true. that's a true one. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. pretty terrified to swallow watermelon seeds after that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, don't let anyone tell you anything otherwise. That's absolutely true. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> All right, Allie, you're going to like Cliff on line two. Now, what was your uh, what was what did your mom tell you about ice cream trucks? That they only played the music when they were out of ice cream. And that was to stop you from going out and trying to buy some ice cream. Right. All right, Cliff, what did your mom tell you, or what did you think anyway was going on with ice cream men? Uh, she told us that uh, he only ever played music, so he just drove around playing music for all the kids. But there was no there was ice no cream. No ice cream. No ice cream whatsoever. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't find that out until one summer when my uncle ruined it for uh, my parents. It was just a creep <laughs> driving around playing music for kids. And the worst type of music. <laughs> this is awesome exactly, because yeah. most of these calls involve parents telling them yes, something. Yes. Misleading them on purpose. That's, That's great. Thank you, Cliff. I'm, oh. now, I'm now terrified about that ejector seat in the car, by right? the way. That one's scary. All right, let's try. Uh, we've got so many good ones. Let's we try do. Brandy Glendale Line 1 next, if we could. Hey, Hi. Brandy. Hey, uh, it's a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Yeah, this is nice. what got me to... <laughs> Thank you. That's great. <laughs> this is what got me to call. When I was young, I thought the only way that you could get a cold and to give it back was to catch it. So I thought it was invisible germs that were just kind of passed from person to person. And that's how you got over a cold was that you gave it to someone else. Oh, you oh. passed it along to somebody else on like on purpose as if you could control it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you didn't want to catch the cold, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to catch the cold. And yeah. I didn't know how to do it, but I just knew that we caught colds and then you must have given it to someone else. That's how you got over it. I mean, in a way, you kind of have, but you don't have much control over But that's, I, I see where you got that. Thank you, Brandy. Appreciate that. All right, let's go to Ross, Los Angeles, line five up next. Hey, Ross. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good, thank you. Good morning. We're talking about dumb things you believed as a kid. Yeah, True. So back in the mid-70s, um, the Planet of the Apes, the original, came out. And so I actually see the, um, the trailers, you know, Planet of the Apes, they're trying to take over. And at the same time, in Africa, in Angola, they had the rebel forces, which they called the guerrillas, were taking over. So I see here on the radio, the government forces are fighting against the guerrillas, and they killed so many people. And I used to hide underneath my bed thinking, oh, my God, this thing is true. <laughs> I mean, it's a different gorilla, but when That's you're a little fantastic. kid, you don't know that. That's right, yeah. Uh, have you come out from under the bed, or are we cool now? Is everything good? Yeah, finally, finally. That's good. All right, great way to leave it. Thank you, Ross. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. 
K-Rock. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think I want a job where you're in Singapore one day and you're in Hong Kong the next. Same. How about you guys? All right. I mean, that sounds like... Although there may be a lot of work involved. <laughs> hey, Mike Shinoda. Hi there. Hey, is it is it fun to have a job where you're in Singapore one day and Hong Kong the next, or is it a pain in the ass to try to keep everything straight? I I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I, I like right now. I've I've only been here for two days in Hong Kong, and I actually came, I didn't come from Singapore. I came from L.A. here, and then I'm going. Uh, to Bangkok tomorrow. I, I'm still kind of on LA time. Oh, <laughs> bad jet lag. I mean, I had a show, I, I had a show tonight, so um, I, I literally don't know what time it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to basically talk to you guys and go straight to sleep. Do you have? Oh, we're sorry to keep you from your bed. That sucks. Um, do you do you work much better than being in LA? Because usually I, I don't wake up early enough to, to call in. To oh, you that's guys, true. So I'm yeah. like super groggy and like don't know what i'm talking about so this is the the other extreme do you build in any time to see the cities that you're in or you just do your show and keep moving yeah I, usually i do usually i do like to actually go out and sightsee um on this one it's been it's been a lot of um tour prep uh this is the beginning of uh solo tour um going through asia and europe and then taking a break at home and then starting a u.s leg so this was actually tonight in Hong Kong was the first night of the whole tour. Oh, oh wow. Cool. How'd it go? Uh, yeah. How was it? It was good. I mean, I have to tell you, like we actually had, I had a huge scare um, during sound check. Uh, I've, first of all, I have, I, I brought on two, I brought on a drummer and a keyboard guitarist, uh, backup vocalist. He's like a, I basically said, I need somebody who does what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. I need another me, me on stage. <laughs> right. Um, so I brought in two two new guys, and um, they like you know we've been rehearsing and trying to like kind of scramble to get them ready. And we had a sound check before show tonight, um, and there was some kind of like funky. I mean, they, they have different power supplies in Hong Kong than they do in the states. So all sure. our gear is U.S. power, and and we literally blew up three keyboards. Oh no! We blew up three oh, no. keyboards and some guitar gear. Um, before the show and i was like pretty convinced that we we were just not going to be able to play the show um, <laughs> oh but it gosh. ended up we ended up being able to to sort through it and fix everything and get it ready for show and i had to improvise a little bit but it, it worked out fine this is the voice of our friend mike shinoda here on the kevin beach we'll talk all about the tour and give you the information on how to buy your tickets for the upcoming southern california dates when you put a set together a set list together for this solo tour 
Are you drawing from your album, from Fort Minor, from Linkin Park? Are you doing a little bit of everything, Mike? Yeah, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I always think of it in terms of like if I was the one coming to the show, what would I want to see? What would I expect? Um, and I, and it, it's evolving over time. So I don't know if the show that I, I, I'm playing this week will be the same that I play in LA. But um, at this point, I'm, I am playing a pretty even mix of those three things you mentioned. Does it scare you a little bit that you don't have the answer to what's going to happen a month from now? <laughs> I, I mean, we've kind of talked about this before. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm on, it's more about enjoying the journey. You know, like I, I don't know where any of this stuff leads and, and if, you know, in, in, uh, by the time I get to, when do I get to LA in the beginning of November? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by then it could be, like I said, like the exact same set list. It could be, everything is different. Um, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually enjoying that part of it. It's, you know, the, the, uh, unpredictable nature of, of, you know, being a, being a solo artist is, is kind of fun. There's a level of, um, like spontaneity, mm-hmm. right? That if you're in a band, if you're in a band, especially if you're in a band that you've kn- and you've known everybody for ages, um, there's a you know there's a, in, in our in the Lincoln Park case there's a mutual respect and there's an understanding about what some guys prefer about this or that, and so when it comes to if if I'm if we're in the middle of a show and I feel like oh I really would love to just kind of go left here and play a different song that we don't usually play. I've, I, I had five other guys that, you know, maybe they weren't rehearsed on that song or maybe they don't like remember how to play that song. So you couldn't really do it. Um, but as it is with this thing, you know, I'm the only one that really needs to know how to play the song. Like if I, if I decide to do something different or do something, you know, um, off menu, then I can kind of just do that. Yeah. I mean, look, you care so little about your hired hands. You tried to electrocute them. <laughs> I mean, what the hell do you care? You just replace them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the other way around. Actually, I think I think that they're lashing out at me. Oh, you know, oh okay. Lashing out at me for not for not. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not sticking to the script, and they're they're trying to get rid of me. Mm. All right, let me give uh, let me give out the information here for folks who have not yet heard the announcement of the Monster Energy Outbreak Tour presents Mike Shinoda with two Southern California what dates. A what a what name! What a name! What a name! Right. Uh, Friday, November 2nd at the Hollywood Palladium. Monday, November 5th at the House of Blues, Anaheim. Tickets go on sale to the public this Friday at 10 a.m. But like we do, there is a K-Rock pre-sale. Go to krock.com and sign up for the K-Rock Street Team. You'll get a password. You'll be able to get involved in the exclusive pre-sale before they go on sale to the public on Friday. I'm not allowed to say exactly when, but if you go to krock.com, you can get that information. That is going to be fun having you back in town. All right, before we let you go to bed, Mike. I want to ask, I'm going to, let's poll the room here. All right. Mm-hmm. Is Mike a pajamas guy, t-shirt and boxers guy, or is he sleeping buck naked? What do you guys think? As he hangs up this phone and crawls into bed, what's mm. Mike going to be sporting? He definitely has a t-shirt and boxers on. T-shirt and boxers. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what do you say? I feel like the same. That, that yeah. was, that's what I thought, too. Oh, I think Mike is a sexy what, beast. Wait, I say wait, he's... How do we, what are we 
base, guys, where are we basing this? We don't know. It's, just, it's who you are. Guys. It's just who you are. Mike, Mike. you are. Are you guys teaching boxes, guys? Are we, is, are, is this a, is this a, like, I'm like you kind of thing? Or what, what, I'm a pajamas we? guy. I'm a full-on pajamas guy every night. Bean wears a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that Mike is, Mike is young and vital and sexy, and he is going buck naked. I'm saying Mike is oh. throwing it all on the, car- on the carpet and getting into bed naked. <laughs> Bean is picturing Mike naked. I, I'm picturing Mike naked right now. What's the answer, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't answer it now. <laughs> now it's too much fun to let you guys to let you guys guess. Yeah, it's odd All that right. we're guessing. I have to be honest. So I so I made this. it weird. I I I own I own all of those things that you just mentioned. Ah, right? okay. I, I own I own nudity. Okay. <laughs> I, own, I own footy. I do own a pair of footy pajama head to toe. Sweet. Uh, they're actually dinosaur PJs. Believe sweet. It or not. Oh, that's pretty um, sweet. Yeah, they're green. They're green. They have <laughs> okay. dinosaurs on. All right. Go on. Um, yeah. So anything's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> all right. All right. Krock.com for all the information on the presale. After this conversation, normally I might not go footy pajamas, but after this conversation, I'm definitely. You feel like you should. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Snuggle gotcha. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm inspired. Sorry, it got so creepy. It really. It's, it's how we do, Mike. November second at the Hollywood guys. Palladium. November fifth at the like House I'm of Blues. I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be away until I feel like I'm going to be away until November second when I come to the Palladium. So hopefully I'll see you guys then. Yes, sir. All right, man. Sounds great, Mike. Get some sleep. We'll talk to you again, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. All right, Allie. Time to get enough altitude to get us off the boat. Do like we do. That's Bring a, it home. A lot of pressure. Right. A lot mm-hmm. of pressure right there. Hey, if you guys missed it, earlier in the show, we talked about how when we were in Vegas for the Built This Pool Party at Planet Hollywood, Christine was tasked with a very difficult job to wax beer mugs back. Yeah. And we did a little live video this morning on Instagram, but we have also posted what I filmed and what Christine did in Vegas. Okay. If you go to at Kevin and Bean on Instagram. I'm going to tell you it's worth it just to see basically what is now going to be Christine's side hustle. You think so? She's so good at this. She works wonders on the bush that is Beer Mug's back. I'm just saying, feel free to reach out to her on Instagram. She's tagged right in it. If you need anything done. Not only am I on my back, by the way. All right. Well said. Yep. All right. Moving right along. Well, this is interesting. A posthumous single from Avicii could be on the way. This is after one of the late DJ's closest collaborators confirmed that he's working on material that was unfinished at the time of his death. His longtime collaborator, Carl Falk, words are hard, revealed that he's finished a version of Heaven, which features the vocals of Coldplay's Chris Martin. Interesting. Yeah, and from the wording of his post, it sounds like there are even more songs to come. Here's what he said. Yesterday was a strange and emotional day in many ways trying to finish these songs. It's not the same producing without you by my side. I miss you hanging over my shoulder, doubting every little thing (laughs) and detail in the song. And according to a Swedish website, Avicii left behind nearly 200 unfinished tracks at the time of his death. He's going to be releasing songs for 20 years. I, it wow. sounds like there's a lot more to come. So I'm I'm ready to hear anything that Avicii's doing with Chris Martin. Absolutely. Agreed. 
Yes. And if you missed it, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in a little bit of hot water for posting some pictures of his family at the Georgia Aquarium. He posted about all the different sea creatures and he even gave a shout out to the people working there saying they were gracious and kind and informative and saying they had a blast. And then another post had him joking that he wanted to cast a beluga whale as his next co-star and people got really upset, chiming in, fuming, this animal just needs to be back in the ocean, while others told him to quote, stop spreading propaganda on animal abuse. That dolphin right there weighed in. Um... (laughs) I don't think he really was going to cast, though, that beluga whale. Right. I don't, I think. Right. I think that may have been a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And something Kevin is not interested in at all. But it might interest other people out there because you think of the different people that have their different residencies in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You had, of course, Celine Dion still, right? Britney Mm -hmm. Spears. The Who. Blink-182 is going to get back to it now that Travis is feeling better. Santana. Santana. Backstreet Boys. Gwen Stefani. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on. Now you can add Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga! Her name to the list. She is going to be setting up shop in Las Vegas for an expansive multi-date residency. She'll be hitting the stage at the MGM Park Theater beginning in late December. But she's going to do two separate shows, so you have your choice. The first, Lady Gaga Enigma. It's a brand new odyssey of her pop hits built as an experience unlike any other. So it's essentially her hits, that type of thing, done probably to a huge stage show. So if you haven't seen Lady Gaga, you're going to be like, ooh, this is awesome. But if you're into maybe a more stripped-down version of Lady Gaga, there are only four dates so far to this show, but it is Lady Gaga Jazz and Piano, featuring stripped-down versions of her hits as well as music from the Great American Songbook. Kevin was not interested in that at all. Is there still alcohol and gambling available? There, there are still. In Vegas? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can take an hour and a half no. off and go see mm. a great vocalist sing mm-hmm. great songs. No. Her Behind a Piano is some of the most stunning, beautiful work ever. She's she's phenomenal. You've seen her when she's enjoy. made appearances like on the Grammys or something. You enjoy she's that. She's gone out there just playing the piano. You enjoy that too, Bean. She's Why don't you want to come with Bean and I? <laughs> We're going, Kevin. We're going. With us. Bean's going nowhere. We're going to get all dressed up. <laughs> Head on out to the theater. <laughs> this residency is set to stretch across two years. A fan presale starts tomorrow. Public on sale following on Monday the 13th. Why does Kevin hate Lady Gaga? It's a good question. Well done. Well done. She's super talented, Kevin. Agreed. Why don't you like her? I didn't say I didn't like her. Why won't you see her? I don't want to see her acoustic singing American songbook songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what it's called. Well, you put it like that. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to either. <laughs> you just ruined it for all of us. <laughs> Scratch off pre-sale. All right. And if you missed it yesterday, my great news was about Ludacris, who wound up paying for a woman's whole grocery cart at Whole Foods in, I believe it was Atlanta. And she was down on her luck. He had no idea about any of this, but he wound up paying for all her groceries 
because some of her groceries got mixed in with his and he's like, I'll just pay for all of it. And total angel to this woman because she was, like I said, really down on her luck. She wound up crying, hugging him, asked him his name. He said, Chris. And then he left. She still had no idea who he was. And then the person ringing her up said, yeah, that angel, by the way, is the rapper Ludacris. And it became just this lovely story of a man that just did something kind. It was really nice. Forward. And now we turn to this substitute teacher in New Jersey doing something kind, paying it forward for a guy who was down and out, couldn't pay for his gas station food, ended up footing the bill for this man in a New Jersey Wawa. Hmm? Wawa, that's, hmm. the, that's the store. He thanked her and she said, what's your name? And he said, Keith. And she said, oh, you kind of look like Keith Urban. And he's like, yeah, that, that is me. So this man that she thought she was just doing something kind for, down on his luck, was, you know, this huge country star that just walked into a Wawa for snacks and <laughs> didn't have money. No money. Well, what's multi-millionaire, happening? Multi-millionaire, too, by the way. Married to a multi-millionaire yes, also. Yes, married to Nicole Kidman. I'm thinking maybe uh, you check your your wallet before you head on in, no? I would think so, yeah. It's all a very interesting story. Country music sucks. I mean, <laughs> take it from Cartman right there. Some birthdays or, or for you. Simpson. Or Bart, either one. Oh, was that Bart Simpson? <laughs> no, no, either oh one. Oh my God, I thought it was Cartman from <laughs> South Park. That was real dumb because it wasn't at all. No, it was a different. Hey, Muggs, what are you doing later? Why, Allie? I didn't ask you at the beginning um, because you usually tease your thing. I'm glad you asked, Allie. Uh, Today is stop number 10 Mm -hmm. of our uh, K-Rock Gorilla sticker tour at Hot Topic. We're going to be at 1065 Brea Mall in Brea. We're going to have System of a Down tickets, more tickets to Demon Days. I'll have T-shirts. Come hang out. Give me an Orange Julius or something. Why do people always have to bring you stuff? Why don't you give them an Orange Julius? What's happening? Because I'm broke. Hot Topic in Brea at the Brea Mall today from 1 till 3 for Beer Mug. Don't forget you can stop at any Southern California Hot Topic location to pick up the new limited edition K-Rock Gorillas sticker. And then you'll be eligible to win the show for you and your friends to see the band. And also a 2019 Honda Fit and a $500 Hot Topic gift card details at krock.com. It's too much for one person. It sure is. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Happy birthday to the following. David Duchovny, Charlize Theron, Tobin Bell. Just one more. Come on, Come now. on, Kevin. One more. Do you want to play a game? Now, Tobin <laughs> Bell is elf. Do you want to play a game, Willie? Yeah! Kevin! <laughs> Why didn't you go into voice acting? It's <laughs> amazing. Happy birthday to Michael Shannon and happy birthday to Angels outfielder Mike Trout, who, by the way, Mike Trout is going to be able to see something magical tonight at the game against the Detroit Tigers. Are we positive it's going to be magical? It's going to be magical because friend of the show, comedian Brad Williams, is throwing out the first pitch tonight. Did you give him any pointers? I said it. I usually find it's helpful to fall. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I texted him. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to be negative in any way, but a little person, yeah, mm-hmm. little brain. I don't think that's what mm, we're saying at that's all. That's not what we're saying, saying at all. Good luck, Brad Williams. That's what we Do mean. us all proud right over the plate. Or near it. Or in the dirt. Just don't fall. That's what's happening. Thank you, Ellie. And your drive home today, listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour, random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. He's the champion of the World Arm Wrestling League. Are you with me, girls? Why, girls? <laughs> I don't know. Are you with me, fellas? <laughs> Did you guys know that was a thing? There's an arm wrestling league that's a championship. 
the this... extent to which I am familiar with arm wrestling okay. starts and ends with the Sylvester Stallone movie. Where he was arm wrestling for custody of his kid. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's that it. happened. <laughs> that was a thing. Uh, we got a scientific survey for tomorrow. We're going to talk to Doto, the international man of mystery. And we've got your passes to see Bishop Briggs at the HD Radio Sound Space as well tomorrow morning. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. What the f***? First f***ing try. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.